Amen. Can we just thank the worship team for that? Thank you so much, worship team. Love it. Well, good evening, Calvary students. Hope you are doing well. I pray that God has been evident in your life and continues to be evident in your life. Um, so excited because tonight we're actually starting a new sermon series in the book of Hebrews, and the series is called Complete, and we're talking about um, just how the scriptures continue to show how Jesus, the completed work of, that, is, that, that Jesus has done, has really changed our lives, not only like through the Old Testament, not only through Jesus's miracles, but really how, how Jesus completes the story of our very own life. Um, but, but before that, I just want to take a time to celebrate something that happened really cool this past week. And so if you don't know, this past Saturday, as I continue to try to set this up, this past Saturday, we had our very first Go Now uh, event. And so what Go Now, what we, what we wanted to do as a ministry was say, say, you know what, how can we obedient, how can we be obedient as Calvary students to Jesus? How can we obedient uh, as Calvary students and going and sharing the gospel, aka sharing the good word, aka fulfilling the great commission, okay? Fulfilling the great commission where Jesus calls us and says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I've commanded you, right? Um, and this past Saturday, we, we have, a, have a photo up here, hopefully, that's, that's, that was the team that went. And we went to the mall, right? We, had, we met here Saturday morning, did some evangelism training, then went to the mall. We had about 14 to 16 conversations. We had six people prayed over, and we actually had one person come to know Jesus on Saturday. Can we just praise God for that? Like, that is insane. Like, like it's so crazy to me, right? Like, and it shouldn't be. Like, I often think, like, man, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? And I always, you know, God always tends to show up. He always tends to show up and show out. He always tends to just prove time and time again, no, I'm, I'm with you right? And first and foremost, it's him speaking, right? It's, it's us just planting seeds and God does the rest of the work. Uh, but it can be scary. It can be intimidating. So kudos to that team who went and were brave enough to go and just try to talk to people. And, and they talked to a lot of different young students and, and people like that. We even had uh, some people talk to some adults, which was, which was kind of scary for me because it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What if this adult like, does something? But it's okay. We had people there watching over them and just making sure everybody was safe. But that's just something I really wanted to celebrate with you guys tonight before anything. Now, as I mentioned, we're starting a new sermon series in the book of Hebrews. Okay, so we'll be in Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll be reading through verses 1 and 14. Um, now, the, the thing is, is that we've, we've, the past few weeks, we've done different series. We started with back at it again, right? When we first started the semester, it's time to get back to work, it's time to get back to the needy greedy, time to get back to what Jesus is calling us to do. And then we entered into a series that the, the very, our very own preaching team that is uh, made up of students decided to say, hey, we're going to create a series on reclaiming intimacy. Also, what does that mean, right? So what they talked about throughout that series was reclaiming intimacy within different levels of, of your walk with Jesus and the church, right? So we talked about uh, your commitment to the larger group, your commitment to the mission field, your commitment to like your crew, and then obviously your relationship and intimacy with that one, one or two or three brothers and sisters that you just can be super vulnerable with. And that's great. But something that we also want to do as Calvary students 
is obviously continue to just read the word. And so something that I think is beneficial for us is to actually go through a book of the Bible, right? And say, okay, like this is great. We've had some great topics, like we've had topical series. Now we're going to do a book series, okay? A book series specifically on Hebrews and in the New Testament. So what we'll do is we'll read through it together. We'll try to dissect and see what God is saying and then ultimately come to conclusions and we'll see the bigger picture of what God is doing in the book of Hebrews. Let me pray for us real quick as we dive into his word. Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight. Help us, Father, please, to just be uh, sensitive and, and eager and just willing to listen to your words that were breathed by you, Jesus, that were breathed uh, by the people that you've chosen, Father, that we may continue to rely on your truth, the only truth in this world, that, that it would be the ultimate tool, the ultimate gift, the ultimate treasure, Father, aside from you, Jesus, because you are more than all that. So help us to focus on the scriptures and on you. And as we read through Hebrews, Jesus, just show us what it is that you're trying to tell us in your word. To your name we pray. Amen. Now, uh, I'm not sure if you know this brand up here that I'm about to show you. It's a very popular brand, Supreme. Anybody know what Supreme is? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that still like relevant? Is that still popular? Yeah, not like what? I'm not sure if it is or not. I mean, when I was like still in college, like that was still like pretty like man. Everybody wanted Supreme. Everybody wanted those like crossover Supreme Nike Air Ones. Like all this cool. Like Supreme was just that brand, right? Like when you think of Supreme, you think of like man, like. That's like one of the cool brands. Everybody wears it, whatever you want, like, like, and all that good stuff, right? But then I wonder, what, what, is, what is supreme? Does anybody know what the actual definition of supreme is? Go ahead, yeah, go for it. You can say it. The best. Okay, yeah, the best, right? Sure. Anybody else like, have an idea of what maybe supreme means? To be higher, okay, higher than other things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, those are correct answers. Like, they're not wrong. But I love what the actual definition says. It literally says superior. For something to be supreme is to be superior over everything else, over everything and anything. For something to be supreme, it has to be worth more. It has to be valued more. And it has to be appreciated more because it is more than anything and everything that we can imagine or comprehend or hold or wear, right? And when we look in the book of Hebrews in, in, in uh, chapter one, I'm going to read the first four, ver first four verses really quick. It says, <laughs> as the ball rolls up to me, uh, it says, long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at a different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, and God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. So really quickly, just to give you a little bit of some background. Nobody knows who wrote the book of Hebrews, but everybody knows that it's the truth and that this author was intending to do something to help people, specifically Jews, okay, to comprehend who Jesus was. Who is this Jesus person that everybody keeps talking about? 
Now, if you can remember, if you know a little bit about the history of the church and, and, and the stories of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you will know that ultimately Jews in the Old Testament believed in, in uh, submitting to the authority of like the high priests, the Pharisees, like the religious leaders of the time. And they did things differently in order to please God, in order to get closer to God, in order uh, to to be saved in a sense, right? There was an old covenant that God made to this person named Abraham. And he told Abraham, I, 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 he gave him a promise, like through your family, there's going to be many people. And through, through your family, there's going to come somebody that's going to bless you time and time again, like abundantly and all that, right? And so everybody in the Old, old Testament, like held on to that promise, right? But now in the New Testament, if you don't know, the New Testament is all about the life of Jesus and after Jesus while he was here on earth. Okay, so just really quickly, to, just so like you can get some context, the Old Testament are promises and stories and, and prophecies. What's a prophecy? Something that were to happen. Jesus or the Father, God the Father would talk to prophets and tell them this is what's going to happen in the future. Okay, and so th this is all happening within the Old Testament. And then finally, the New Testament begins with the birth of Jesus and his life and his ministry. And then after that, there's the stories of the churches and all that good stuff. So the point of this passage is for this person, when it says long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In other words, before Jesus, these prophets would get information from God and do their very best to relate that message so that people would abide in the message of God and ultimately obey God in the ways that were supposed to be practiced. Animal sacrifices. I mean, you had to like wash yourselves clean, like to like sparkly, sparkly clean. Like if you were sick, you were considered just unworthy and you shouldn't be around the temple. Like all this crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But then in verse two, it says this. In these last day, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. So point number one is very sim simple, is that Jesus is supreme. Jesus is not only like the prophet's bringing the message to the people or has brought the message to the people, but Jesus in himself is the message to the people. Does that make sense? So in, in the old days, prophets would bring the message of someone to come and they're bringing the message really of who Jesus was going to be. And Jesus brought that same message telling people repent and believe, be baptized, right? Like, and then he would say, I am, I am. Right. I am the one who has come to redeem and save you. And so Jesus not only brings the message, but he shows people that he, in fact, is the message. He is the promised fulfilled that God gave Abraham. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the, the savior of everyone of the world that he died and bled with his blood. Right. The, and, and resurrected back to life for the sins of the world, you and me. And it's very important that we get that right off the bat is that from the very beginning, this author is saying, first of all, Jesus is supreme. And it makes me think, 
right? This author is saying that Jesus is way better than the old covenant. The new covenant that is found in Jesus is way better. It's supreme. And that means that following Jesus is following something that's supreme, right? In the same way that we follow Jesus who is supreme, other things become supreme because of who Jesus is. In other words, again, salvation is not based off works, but my works become supreme because Jesus is the one moving in them. Does that make sense? My efforts, my prayers for people become supreme because of Jesus who has finished the work, right? The, the sharing of the gospel is supreme, even greater. And this, and this is something that's so cool. It's greater than the prophets that were there in the past. Why? Because we not only have the message, but we have seen the message in Jesus, who is the message. Not only that, we have received the message. So think about this. This is so cool to know that these people have the opportunity that is greater than what the prophet said, was that not only do they hear the message, but they got to visibly, the apostles got to visibly and tangibly touch the message in the flesh and receive him and receive the Holy Spirit. Like that's insane that we now as a church have an opportunity to do that and to receive Jesus. Like that, that is crazy to know that we, like honestly, like, like we lucked out, man. Like we don't have to kill goats and lambs. And if you do, we need to talk after service because you should, unless you're eating them, you shouldn't be killing them or, or, you know, sacrificing them for any reason besides eating them at this point, right? Because now the perfect and spotless lamb was already slain and has already cleansed us of our sins. We continue in verse three. The sun is the radiance of God's glory in the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became superior to the angels, just, excuse me, as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. Uh, how many of y'all know who Justin Bieber is? Okay, yeah. So there, is, uh, there was a group of guys, actually, who, who decided that it would be hilarious to find somebody who looked like Justin Bieber and take a photo of this person and see if it would like go viral, if it would be popular. Has anybody heard of this story before? Okay, yeah, so, so, so these dudes, call this guy up from, from Canada and say, hey, and they look at him like, oh my gosh, you look just like Justin Bieber. Dude, we want to do this thing. We want to see if it works. So they fly him out to Los Angeles. They like get him a wig. It's like a blonde wig because back then Bieber had like long hair. And, and then they like make sure that they cover his body because Bieber has a lot of tattoos and like, and then they give him glasses and then they, like, they pick out the perfect outfit and then they go to the park and they decide, okay, what could we do? Like, what, what would be like the most shocking thing for somebody or whatever, right? Like, and what we find out is that they decided to go with him eating a burrito like sideways. Like, they, like he, would, he took a bite right in the middle of the burrito and ate it like this. And they took photos of him and then they uploaded it and the world went crazy. 
Like everybody was like, oh my gosh, Bieber eats burritos sideways. Who is this guy? He's a weirdo. This is a crime. They, they, they got all over the, the photo got all over the news. I mean, I mean like high end news people like on TV and things like that. The people that created the photo even got interviewed <laughs> by these people. And he's sitting there talking like, yeah, we were just walking and we saw Bieber eating a burrito. And so we took a picture of him and this and that. And the whole world went crazy because everybody thought that this was the real Justin Bieber. But I guarantee you if this Bieber person and the real Justin Bieber went before somebody and they started singing, there's no way that they're going to believe that this guy is the real Bieber. Because there's distinctions of the actual person. There are certain things that will automatically tell you, wait a minute, you're a fraud. You're not the real Justin Bieber. There are things that automatically will also tell us, like, wait a minute, you don't have the requirements of Bieber. Verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all Things by his powerful word. Jesus is God's perfect reflection. Jesus is not a fraud. Jesus is the only person who was capable of resurrecting himself after dying. If anybody else were to claim to die on the cross, they would stay dead. They would not resurrect and come out of that tomb. But Jesus did. He's the perfect reflection of the Father. What does that mean? Why is that so important? Well, it's important because, again, as we're talking about completeness, right? The, ser- the series is called Complete. If Jesus wasn't who he said he was, then all of the hope of the world would be gone. All of the hope of the world would be meaningless. It wouldn't matter because the person who claimed to be the Messiah didn't come through with his word. When in fact, we're seeing right here that the person who's writing this, this, uh, uh, this, this book is saying, actually, no. I have seen this person and know that he is the exact expression of his nature. Now remember, we believe in the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? God the Father reigns over everything. He's above the Son who is Jesus. And in order for Jesus to even be equal to God, he has to have the same nature, characteristics, will, desire, and plan for the world. And this author is saying, indeed, no, he is that person. He is the one that we are to worship and praise and surrender our lives to. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Not only that, not only is he superior to, you know, people, to the world. It says that he's superior to the angels, to the angels, Just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. The name of Jesus 
is greater than the name of the names of the angels. And that's that's hard to do, right? Angels are awesome. Angels have been with God the whole time. And now Jesus is coming and God is saying, no, my son is greater. I am appointing him as heir over everything, including even the heavens. And that leads me to my last and final point. If Jesus indeed, if God is indeed putting Jesus at the top of the throne, there's only one person that can claim that throne. And that is God. Which can only mean one thing. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. That's a very, very important doctrinal truth that we cling to as Christians. Claiming and knowing that Jesus, in fact, is God. It says here, uh, It says here in verse eight, but to the son, to the son, Jesus, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of justice. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with all the, of the joy, with all, with all the, with the oil of joy beyond your companions. But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, to Jesus, he's saying, Jesus, your throne, God. He is calling him God. He's equating him with God. Jesus is not only the son of God, but he is God. And I know that sometimes that's hard to comprehend and wrap our brains around, but we're also not meant to know everything. We're also not meant to fully comprehend. If we could fully, I've said this before, if we could fully comprehend God, then he wouldn't be God, right? Because God is outside of everything. God is outside of, uh, of, of our brains. He's outside of time. He's outside of of, of, of just science, like he's greater than all of that. He really is, okay? And, and if we were to be able to comprehend or understand that, then he wouldn't be God in the first place. And so all this to say is that Jesus is supreme, right? And we're talking about Hebrews. Jesus is supreme, okay? Jesus is God, sorry, Jesus is God's perfect reflection and Jesus is God in itself, Okay? And as we read in the book of Hebrews, we're going to see also more of what that looks like in your life and why this is so important to understand. Why in the very first chapter did this writer decide to explain the attributes and the characteristics of Jesus and why the author tried to tell us and remind us of the importance of that truth. Okay. And that's the whole point is that we as a church would, would dive into the scriptures not to take and try to flip it and turn it into something that's amusing or exciting, but to actually just look at the scripture and says, what is Jesus trying to tell us in his word? Okay, one, first and foremost, he's come to die on a cross for us. He has done that and completed it. Okay, that's the first and foremost thing. God loves us. God desires to have a relationship with us enough to send his son. And if you have not made that decision, if you have not repented and believed in who Jesus is, or you don't even know what that looks like or how to do that, we're here to help you with that. We're here to talk to you about that. We're here to say, hey, this is my testimony of what God has done in my life. And I believe so much that he can do it in your life because he's supreme, because he's the perfect reflection of who God is. And because Jesus is God 
in itself. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you that as we've dived into your word in the book of Hebrews, um, that we're just starting uh, to see your word and, and reflect on it. Thank you for reminding us of who Jesus is. Thank you for reminding us of what you've done and the fulfillment of your promises through Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we have the opportunity to come to know you, not by our works, but by the finished works that you have done. I pray, Father, that in our C group times, we would uh, just reflect on the message and that we would continue to just seek you in everything. To your name we pray. Amen.